You are now sitting in section 312. On today's episode, the Cubs and the White Sox are still very relevant in the MLB. The NFL draft has ended. The second round of the playoffs have begun. We have a great interview with play-by-play commentator and founder of the Midwest Sports Network, Gabriel Shrey. We also have a new starting five of superheroes that we would want personally to be on our Justice League team. And we have a surprise for everybody that's sitting in section 312 today. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by The Closet. The Closet, we talk about it all the time. It's open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. through 7 p.m. They have the best designer merchandise around. Right now, they have Louis bags in there, Gucci shoes. They have a Rolex in there. They have neon lights, jerseys, everything for the super low low. Check them out. You can follow them on all social media handles at The Closet. Uh, They're located at 606 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale on the Strip. Go check them out, The Closet. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fast Money Lifestyle Clothing. They have the best merchandise of tour dates for Fast Money OJ. You can follow him on Instagram. Go follow Fast Money underscore Sean on Instagram. He's the founder of Fast Money Lifestyle Clothing. It's a lifestyle, people. You want fast money. You want exotic cars. You want money just flowing in. Fast Money, Fast Money, Fast Money. Go check them out. FastMoneyLifestyleClothing.com. All right. Play ball. And we're back, everybody. It's another episode of Section 312. We have a surprise for everybody. I can't hold it in any longer. We got Matt. We got Matt on the show. We got Matt here. How's it going, everybody? Yeah. (laughs) We're calling him up to the big leagues. Matt is joining us front and center. Yeah, man, I just got the call last night, and I've been on planes all day just to make it here on time. Hell yeah, man. Well, it's great to hear that. Yeah, You know, it's like a marriage, right? Sometimes you things are getting a little slow. You got to mix things up. You got to bring someone else into the scene of things. You got to spice it up a little bit. So we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you chiming in, joining in on some of our segments. And this is going to go great, man. I'm super excited. Let's see how it goes. Yep. Yeah. For sure. IT guy live in action. I just trying to get my first hit today. (laughs) You know who is not trying to get their first hit? And I got to jump into it right now because I'm... My White Sox fandom is just revitalized right now with Tim Anderson. This dude is an animal out there. He's trolling people on Twitter. He's hawking his bat when he's hitting walk-off home runs. He is the fucking tits. I love this new age baseball player. This dude is my fucking rock here. All right, Tim Anderson, we got the epic bat flip against Detroit, leading the AL in batting average. I mean, I'm, I can't believe it. I'm very excited to see this. I mean... I feel as a baseball fan, Quentin, Matt, you guys got to agree with me here, man. It's it's something to behold to see these new guys, these young guys coming up, playing with so much emotion. And we'll get to some of these other young guys that are hitting the scene later. But what do you guys think about this as outside people? I mean, I personally like the bat flips a lot. I feel like a lot of the older players are starting to retire and fade away a little bit. And this new age is, you know changing the game i mean the mlb commissioner commissioner is always trying to change the rules speed up the game speed up the game do something to get the fans more into it and i think this is it i think the bat flips are what is getting the fans into it because they want to go up show up to the games and they want to see yelich hit two three home runs they want to see goldschmidt hit three four home runs and the bat flips get more and more you know exaggerated after every single home run i think it's great yeah man i think you got that joey bats kind of uh 
thing that started it. Joey Bath let it on. He was big in the bat flips. I think that let it off. And you get guys like Tim Anderson coming up. You know, you got, like you said, Christian Yelich. You got a bunch of young players. Alex Bregman, great example. Super charismatic, stealing the show, honestly, in the spotlight. And they love it. They embrace it. And it's nice to see this new age baseball player that acts like that. So I had to get that off my chest before we started anything because Tim Anderson has me rock fucking hard right now. So I just wanted to put that out there for my White Sox. The rest of the team not doing too well. Uh, y'all watch any of the White Sox at all, Quentin? Matt, uh, it's, it's it hasn't been too great. I, I've lately. seen some highlights, and I want to start by saying I'm sorry about Eloy. That that's gotta hurt. I think he's out for like two weeks. Yeah, man, busted ankle. Um, we're hoping that they said nothing's broken. Hopefully, no ligament damage. Just a nice little sprain. You know, get that thing in a boot. Walk it off for a couple of days, take some days off, pop some Advil, kick back, and it'll all be good. But, you know, we're looking at White Sox 12 and 14 right now, 5 and 5 in the last 10. Uh, three games only against the Twins and Indians so far, which I think is a big deal because the White Sox schedule has been soft, charmin soft the first couple of games or the first couple of series this season. So starting pitching is the absolute killer. They're last in the MLB in starter ERA. Three starters with a plus six ERA, it's killing it. But I do owe Ronaldo Lopez an apology. I've been a absolute shitting on him these last couple of podcasts. He's been killing it, though. Two wins his last two starts, 14 strikeouts and six innings pitched in his last outing. And I got to give you a round of applause for that. Um, you know, Daniel Palka finally gets pulled out of the starting lineup. One for 35. You got to get that guy out of there, man. No, no Chris Davis. White Sox, especially when you're not making $70 million on your contract, can't have him out there. You know, Eli's hurt, but I like Jose Abreu right now. Uh, top five in the AL RBIs. Average is rising. 300 hitter for his career. He'll get back to those numbers. Things are looking up for the hitting. The pitching has to come down, though. The bullpen's looking decent. Starters have to pick it up if these White Sox are going to win 85-plus games. Hell, I'll give them 80 at this point. That'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, I would love it if the White Sox, you know, became even more relevant now than they are, because I feel like Tim Anderson is the reason why people are talking about the White Sox right now. I feel like if the bat flip wasn't being over dramatically used as a negative, you know, part of baseball right now, then the White Sox wouldn't even be talking. We wouldn't be talking about them right now. But I mean, on the other end, up there north, you know, a little bit, the Cubs are seven and three in their last 10. Uh, the pitching's getting better. The bullpen is not where we want it to be. Uh, we have a plus 26 run differential in those last 10 games. We're 14 and 12. We're in third place. St. Louis is 18 and 10, and they're still in first place. Uh, the Cubs play the Mariners tonight at 9-10. And on the mound, I believe we have you, Darvish. I think we got you, Darvish, on the mound tonight. Oh, you, Darvish, is actually pitching, huh? I think so. I think so. I'm I'm well, trying to pull it up real quick. I think he is. If you want to call it pitching. Oh, he's Cole, throw the Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels is throwing. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, that's actually someone that does pitch, not just throw the ball and watch it go 500. <laughs> that's good. The Cubs just scored, so it's one nothing. So we could win again tonight. But, Matt, I got to ask you, because you are a Cardinals fan, how does it feel that you're in first place right now? Dude, I'm wetting my pants watching all these games, dude. Like, I, I get excited every time I watch these Cardinals play. 
you got a uh, friggin' o- Ozuna finally like rising from the dead or something, and then Goldschmidt is just being Goldschmidt. So I mean, like, I, I went to a game last week uh, on Monday, and uh, uh, seeing all that happen was just two thumbs up for Matt. <laughs> I forgot that you guys stole. <laughs> I forgot that you guys stole Marcelo Zuna from the Marlins. I completely forgot when Derek Jeter went out and cleaned house that you guys made off with one of the goodies along with Milwaukee. That that is a total thing. Yeah, I mean Marcelo Zuna's got that potential, man. If if he can put it together, that Cardinals team is it. They're deadly. So and I'm yeah, cheering. The big bear was hibernating. The big bear was hibernating for a couple of years, but he finally woke up. He he's ready to go. Oh yeah, man. I mean. Cubs killers is all I can hope for on your end. So you and I will be able to bash Quentin and the Cubs into oblivion with this, especially as the Cubs fall farther and farther away from the top of the NL Central as we move on here through the summer. Yeah, hey, maybe maybe MLB Network will finally talk about St. Louis. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's all that East Coast bias that they got over there. Yeah. Speaking of East Coast bias... Slightly East Coast. I guess they're not totally East Coast. Vladdy Jr. has is thick af and has come up to the majors. And this has been, I think, since probably Harper. We're talking, we're talking the Trout Harper Strasburg time that we've had a prospect that's come up with this much hype. I, I don't know about you guys, but I think that I, I think this is the first time I can remember since then that there's been this much buzz around a dude coming up and starting in the MLB. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero. I think, you know, Vladimir is going to be better than his dad when it's all said and done. I, w- I want to go out and make that super hot take right now. I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be. I like the fact, too, you know, that he's in Canada playing for Toronto when his dad used to play for uh, the Expos. So I-, I-, I like him that they're both up north above the border. So shout out to Canada. We love you. You know that Vladdy Jr. definitely learned how to hit from Vlad Sr. You can just tell with that swing, the way he swings those hips through the zone and the bat just flops out there and it just goes miles on end and he could probably hit anything. I think he hit 400 in double A a couple years ago or uh, maybe it was last year. Right, but he sees the ball so much better than his dad did. He's much more patient of a hitter, much more patient of a hitter. Yeah, I mean, I think they had Vlad Jr. projected as a 300 hitter this year with a 25 bombs ish, and I mean, he starts off first game, first game out there, ninth inning, hits a double, goes one for four, gets robbed on a near home run and ball that he whacked to the wall that was made on a great catch by the A's right fielder, left fielder. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vlad Jr., I, I love him. He's he's thick. He's got some charisma with him. I just hope that he can grow into his own, and I'm assuming that'll happen over time as he gets steps away from the rookie ball. I just don't like the constant tie-ins to his dad. As much as everyone loved Vlad Sr., Vlad Jr. needs to be his own person. They need to give him his own love and maybe uh, ease off. I won't say back off, but ease off a little bit on always showing Vlad, always having Vlad Sr. involved in anything that he does. Because, I mean, this dude's doing it on his own, man. And like you said, he could wind up being better in the end. And I'm sure Vlad Sr. would love that. So keeping it East relevant, let's move it down to, uh, we'll move it up anyway, because they're in the same division, I believe. But the Rays are in first place. 
they're still rolling, dude. Blake Snell's hurt. I don't know if he's back yet. I don't think he's back yet. And they're still rolling. They're 19-9. and I believe they're the best team in baseball. No, they're tied with the Dodgers. The Dodgers and the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Man, these Cardinals. But the, the Rays. The Rays are in first place of the East right now. Do you think they keep it up? That's a great question. I mean, they won 90 games last year. So this is not a bad team. I just think they got forgotten about because you have the Yankees and the Red Sox in that division who just had insane years. But the Rays are a really good team, man. They will for sure be finishing at the plus 90 mark. I think they'll come down to earth a little bit. I don't think we're talking a 105 win season, but I think we're going to be seeing this Rays team in contention all year. Whether they stay and hold it out, I don't know if the Yankees health comes back and the Yankees get healthier again. I think they'll be uh, definitely in contention there in the AL East, but I could, the raise for a wild card seems completely plausible. Okay. So keeping it in there, the Red Sox, the defending champs, you think they're going to make the playoffs? I want to think that they'll turn it around. I, I really think that there's just too much talent on that roster to not turn that around. I really think that there's just too many studs on that team. They'll eventually align. They'll have a good June or July. They'll pick it up. I think we could see them pushing for a wild card, but I do think it's a three-team race in that division just like last year, and it could be the Red Sox that are the ones on the outside looking in because I think we could see a team out of the AL West come and steal that second wild card spot again. So I got a question for y'all, though. We have a bunch of division leaders. We have some surprises. We have some expected. You know, you mentioned the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger has been lighting it up. He is absolutely mashing out there. Set the record. Him and Yelich both actually set records for RBIs in the first month of the year and home runs. Um, who do you think that is leading a division, MLB today, is an absolute one lock to finish their division as the champions? And who has the lowest chance slash no chance of holding this lead throughout the rest of the year? going to sound really biased over here but i have high hopes for the cardinals you think you think in that division though that that that's a lock like you you think the cardinals in the nl central with the brewers breathing down their backs you think that's a lock for them i think the brewers need to calm down on the miller and get some bud over here because (laughs) like i feel more confident about the cardinals team this year than uh previous years uh uh, since 2013. Um, uh, just name some things here. We got Goldschmidt already. Marcel finally woke up from hibernation, Big Bear. And then uh, Fowler finally got over his cubbiness and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like started drinking the coffee. Carpenter's making the salsa. Everything's all good in St. Louis. But, uh, I, I, I just it. hope that Yelich sits out three games whenever we play. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I mean, the Brewers' home road splits are, are definitely favoring that they're they're a killer team at home, but pretty average on the road. So if that holds up, granted, small sample size, we're super early into the year. But I mean, if that holds up, then they, they won't be able to compete with it, you know. And Yelich had a MLB career year if not for him but for almost any player last year in that second half like he was on an absolute tear numbers that baseball hadn't seen in a long time we're talking Barry Bonds level comparisons in that stratosphere so it's I I could entirely see it for sure Quentin what what about you who's who's your lock 
my lock is the Houston Astros. I think the Houston Astros, you know, still being tied with Seattle right now for first place. I think Houston's going to end up winning that division. Seattle will get in on a wild card, but I got uh, the Houston Astros locking down that division. So I don't have a pick for no chance of holding, but I think, you know, I, I, I want to say the twins. I, if I don't want to guarantee the twins, but I think the twins to me are the team that I think that's the Indians division. The AL central is going to be in the long run. The Indians have the star power. They have the pitching. They have some injuries that they're battling right now. But I think as you see Brantley come along, or I'm sorry, not Brantley, uh, Francisco Lindor come along. Uh, Jose Ramirez is pitching well again. I think those two are going to drive this team along with a solid, solid, solid pitching staff. And I think we'll see the Indians definitely upend the Twins in the long run, though the Twins could be a competitor for second place and potentially a wild card spot. The team that I don't think will win, will hold their lead, I, I think Philly is going to drop out. I don't think Philly will win that division. I really believe some somewhere down the season, Atlanta is going to make another run and they were, will end up winning that division. Um, but that's my sleeper is probably Atlanta to win the uh, NL East. Yeah, I mean, I think that personally, it, it's all reliant upon. It's all reliant upon Craig Kimbrell being signed by the Braves and bolstering what is the absolute shit bullpen without him. I think if the Braves make that signing, they pull the trigger. I think you see the Braves absolutely run away with that thing. Uh, I think starting in June or July, when Kimbrel can become signed without the draft pick compensation. I'm going to have to agree with you, Q man, about the uh, Phillies dropping out. I think uh, I think they're riding the Harper train a little too fast. All I see are strikeouts and home runs. That, that's about it. Uh, so, oh, and and Mr. <laughs> Hothead might lose a couple games when he's suspended a couple of times. You know, I don't know which team is going to arise from that, but. I definitely don't see the Phillies winning the NL East, but maybe a wild card spot. And be careful of the sneaky Mets. Be careful of them. They're they're sneaking around down there, and as much as it might be a fluke, they look pretty good. Okay. I want to take a little little turn here. We're going to go to the NFL draft. This is my shit. This is where I run the show because I fucking love the NFL draft. I love the overreactions. I love instantly gut saying this team got way better these picks suck these guys are going to be trash even though i'm going to be wrong on 90 percent of them in three years i got to ask you about i gotta ask you about this before we even start how does it feel to not have a football team like who do you root for the uh, southern illinois salukis (laughs) 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 but i hope that the bears do good stuff all right, we can we can roll with that being in the uh, the old section too. So the Bears had a top draft, but I don't think they had the best draft. And I hate to say this, and I hate to be on the Kool Aid with this, but the New England Patriots, man, e- easily from what I saw, best draft out there. They take um, the huge wide receiver from Arizona State. I think it's Enkil Harris. I'm sorry if I butchered the last name there. Tall guy, good route runner, go up and get the ball. You know, you can just Brady can, you know, throw something deep fades is that's his thing. They get Chase Winovich, who absolutely destroyed my poor Wisconsin Badgers when they played Michigan earlier this year. And I really see the Pats just doing what they do best, taking good draft picks, making moves, swindled the Bears out of a couple of picks for what wound up being a good pick for Ryan Pace. But they got some picks back. 
I think the Patriots won the draft again. And are we surprised by that? No, because that's why they've been so fucking good for the last 18 years. I want to go best draft honorable mention would be the Chicago Bears. Um, walk of shame to the Giants, but we don't have to talk about that. So third round pick traded with the Patriots, get David Montgomery. So I'm going to taking some sources from uh, DeWindyCity.com. They did a great article on comparing some of the Bears draft picks to who their NFL comps are. I think they went a little extreme with the players that they picked, but I love being optimistic about this shit. So that's awesome. David Montgomery, they say a lot like Ezekiel Elliott, right? And from I what I watched there, I want to stop you there real quick because I watched a lot after they took Montgomery. I went on Twitter. I followed him right away. I watched a lot of film on him. I think he compares more to Marshawn Lynch than anybody. I watch every video I watched. He ran like a shit brick house, and he was gonna run through a motherfucker face, like Marshawn said. Like I watched yeah. him carry eight to nine people on his back and just take it to the end zone. Yeah, like I, I gotta disagree with you though because Marshawn Lynch, you can't have in the Matt Nagy offense. So he, he's yes, he's Marshawn Lynch, but I'll give you spread Marshawn Lynch, which Ezekiel Elliott is pretty damn close to that. He's right? Buffalo I mean, Bills. He's Buffalo Bills Marshawn Lynch. Before he was all power, power, power. You knew the power was there, but you didn't know how much power was there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll give it to you, but. Yeah, David Montgomery, dude, you can line him up in the spread. Fits Nagy's offense a little bit better, I think, than Jordan Howard. So you get some value back there. You get a guy that fits the scheme. You get a guy that you can give the ball to and say, you know, hit the A-gap, hit it hard, put your head down and take some dudes out with you. And a great change of pace back from Tariq Goen, who's going to have to take over lead back duties now. Moving forward, we go into the fourth round. Riley Ridley, brother of Calvin Ridley, superstar rookie that burst on the scene with the Falcons last year. I didn't watch a ton of Riley, but I know that, you know, they said he's kind of raw, but crisp route runner, good hands, should make a good addition to at least jump in as a three or four wide receiver, maybe even jump up into the two and move in um, one, maybe Taylor Gabriel into the slot and you can put him on the outside, line him up wide. I really like that pick, though. I think the Bears needed some help at wide receiver, and I think they went out and they got that for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can never have too many wide receivers, and especially, I, I personally don't like our wide receiver core. You can unpopular opinion me, but I personally don't like the Bears wide receiver core. Allen Robinson, again, has only had one season with over 900 receiving yards. Taylor, or Taylor Gabriel, I don't think, is a number two in the depth chart. I don't think he, he is. I just don't. Um, Anthony Miller is still a rookie. I mean... I, I, I never think we could have enough wide receivers. I, I don't. Yeah, but it's not a position that in this offense, I mean, Mitch doesn't need right now with the way he plays and Matt Nagy's offense. You don't need a guy that you're going to pay 60 million and 40 million guaranteed to. I think that eats up too much cap. I think the way that they're approaching building a receiving core with young guys is a really great way to do it. I agree with you. You can never have too many guys. You can never get enough eyes on different receivers. So from that aspect, yeah, I think I think you're right. They need to keep digging. They need to keep find a sol- uh, keep looking and find a solid number two. So I'll cut through this really quick. We have some sixth and seventh round picks for the fans out there. So Duke Shelley, cornerback, Kansas State. A uh, lot like Cortland Finnegan, smaller guy, but physical, good tackler, probably a really great nickel pick. Come in on some special packages that they designed for him on the defense. Kareth White Jr., running back from Florida Atlantic. 
little bit uh, smaller guy, not as shifty, kind of a more balanced back, you know, not going to uh, outrun you to the corner, not going to be a David Montgomery type that's going to put his head down and run you over. And then Steven Denmark, cornerback from Valdosta State, uh, similar to Taylor Mays, wide receiver turned cornerback, um, should be an interesting project. Uh, not much film on the guy yet, so kind of a gamble pick that the Bears are hoping uh, worked out. I got to bring up one more beef before we get out of the NFL. I think we have a nose ring problem in the NFL, Quentin. I noticed that too. Uh, I should have said I nosed that too, but I did notice that too. I, like everybody that got drafted had a nose ring. Yep, everyone has a nose ring. DK Metcalf, by the way, who had his shirtless square off with Pete Carroll in the battle for body supremacy, had one. He's rocking it. Looks like a shit brick house. I don't want the nose ring trend to catch on. Alvin Kamara started it. I can't get one of those. I know that if it becomes popular, people are going to be doing it. I'm going to feel left out. My big, ugly, bald ass is going to get a nose ring, and we are going to be in some serious trouble. So let's just keep that in-house to wide receivers, not let that get out in the general public for my own personal sake. And, yes, I'm saying that very greedily. I got a question, though. What was... What was the whole deal with DK Metcalf and why why did he go into Pete Carroll's office without a shirt on? So there's a conspiracy out there. Or he's saying that a scout told him to do it. I'm in the camp of the conspiracy. Pete Carroll told him to do it himself. Pete Carroll wanted to show off his body. He saw he knew DK. He had to body up to him, show him he wasn't afraid of him. He was going to hit the weight room just as hard as he was. But no, I mean, I think in all seriousness, Pete Carroll's a player's coach. Someone told him that Pete would love it. Show him how ripped you are. And I think that's one of the few coaches in the NFL that would appreciate that and would kind of find some joy in that. I thought it was a fun scene. I, I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. I think we should uh, ask our friend Joe Jones on the Denver Broncos the next time we talk to him. if Pete Carroll ever, you know, just <laughs> came into meetings with the shirt off or whose idea that was. I mean, it's a it's an alpha move, bro. You walk in, <laughs> shirt off. <laughs> no one's going to stop you. <laughs> it is an alpha move, but you know what else is an alpha, an alpha move? And that's running into people during three-point shots and not getting the call. We're going to jump right into these playoffs because we're in the second round of the NBA playoffs. It's Warriors and Rockets and Harden didn't get calls all night. It's going to be even worse tonight starting – I mean, we're recording this on a Tuesday, and the Rockets and Warriors game two is about to start, and Scott Foster is the ref, and they don't see eye to eye. You know, I want to I want to disagree with you, but I think the Warriors are just starting to hit stride. I think if Harden can't get those foul calls, this series is dead. And it the trend has shown so far that these refs, the stripes, are not giving Harden any calls. They're not going to give him that take the three rise up kick the legs out and try and get in someone's way so they're in the landing zone quote unquote i don't think these refs are going to tolerate it i think they're not going to let a foul call and putting harden on the line 30 times in a game decide the series and whether or not that's right i just think that's their mind that's their mentality with how they're going about things right now steph should have fouled out though in that game and i do believe that i do think there were missed calls on steph committing fouls that had nothing to do with harden kicking the legs out on a three i think one of them might have been but there were other calls that steph definitely committed a foul and there were no calls and that wound up making the difference in game one though i do think the warriors have the more the more talented roster and i think that we're going to see them oddly handle the series easily so 
Moving right down the line then, let's just jump into the Nuggets and Blazers. I've been big on the Nuggets since day one. I've said that. I do think that the Nuggets are going to win this series. I do think they're going to win this series. I think it's going to go to six games. I think the Blazers will take two. Maybe I was just off, you know, when I said Damian's going to take two games. Maybe I meant it was this round, not the last round, but I'm still sticking with the Nuggets. Yeah, you know, we're going to contend with this all, all series, man. It's all about D-Lil and the Blazers right now. They're my boys. I think they're going to pull it off. I think we're going to see a Blazers-Warriors final series. And I think the, the Blazers will match up with the Warriors as well. That's getting ahead of myself. My biggest takeaway from that first game, the, the Blazers have to do something about Jokic. He's going to destroy them if they keep letting him play the way he is. The Nurk injury is going to hurt really bad right now, and you are seeing it with a really good big man that's going to take advantage of lesser t- of lesser players, and he's going to just have his way in the paint, and if they can't stop him, they can't double him, they can't do something about the Joker, this series is going to be over, and the Nuggets are going to be the ones moving on. It's the Jamal Murray-Damian Lillard matchup is underrated AF, and the Jamal Murray Lillard matchup is going to be the key to the Blazers winning this series because Damian Lillard's going to have to shut him out and that's going to be the biggest key I think in this if the Blazers are going to win we're going to move it to the east and we're going to take it way up north in the cold cold Toronto area 76ers they steal game two Kyle Lowry he slips on the floor he loses the ball the Sixers take game two and my finals prediction is still looking good the Sixers are alive and well. They're not strong as I would like them to be, but they can steal a game or two if they need to. But I think the biggest unwritten thing here is that Jimmy Butler had to completely save the day. Ben Simmons had six points. Ben Simmons can't shoot threes. He doesn't want to shoot threes. And that is easy to game plan against. I said it again about Russ when the Blazers were playing him. You can game plan against Ben Simmons and this Philly team, especially if Marcus Saul decides to come out of retirement from all the way down the block in the seniors' home and shut down Joel Embiid's senior-level knees, I think that's the that's the key there. If Joel Embiid is hurt, if he can't produce, Jimmy Butler has to put the team on his back. I don't think that can happen for four games, especially with how Kawhi just owns the 76ers and has for his entire career. Yeah, I mean, I'm still sticking with the 76ers. I don't know who you like, but I'm sticking with the Sixers. I'm riding with my boy. <laughs> Trust the process. Oh, oh, see? That, uh, there you go, Matt. High five that <laughs> shit. Bam. 76ers. Bucks and Celtics, you said <laughs> you got Giannis winning the MVP. They beat the shit out of the Celtics in game two. I believe that went final. I'm checking right now. Yeah, no, it, it, it's final. It's final. Giannis with at uh, 30. Uh, 30 or in the high 20s, Eric Bledsoe played super well. Chris Middleton played lights out. He was shooting seven for 10 from three. Maybe he added a couple more before we ta- or while we're taping this. And old man Al Horford, though, is looking like Uncle Drew in the first game, man. Bodied up uh, Giannis, 20 points, double-double. I, mean, Dude, I, I don't well, know if you saw it. I don't know if you saw it, but Al Horford sent Giannis on his ass he blocked the shit out of one ball and swatted it bare hand on the ground and dropped Giannis onto the floor and like stared him down like Al Horford is going to be the key to stopping Milwaukee 
Oh, yeah, 100%. I think 100% Al Horford in the paint, especially with Giannis, the way he loves to drive. His three-point shooting has been good this series, don't get me wrong, and he's picking it up, and that was the big key for tonight. But Al Horford is 100% agree with you, the key to the Celtics winning this series. Gordon Hayward, though, your boy only had 13 the other night, but I think still him coming off the bench as a six-man and putting up 13-14 is plenty enough. Speaking of Uncle Drew, though, as I mentioned, Al Horford... Kyrie dropped 26 in game one, but only seven or maybe 10 if he scored anything else during the game while we were recording in game two. Do you think that this Kyrie thing is also going to be a big deal? Kyrie Irving has got to be a leader. He's got to be a leader. He's got to score because he's not going to be a Celtic after this year. I really believe that Kyrie Irving ended with nine points. He shot four for 18. He looked like Russell Westbrook out there shooting tonight. It was bad. Yeah, man, that's that can't happen. That can't happen when your best player only scores nine points. You, you're not going to win too many games. So, so conference, pretty, yeah, conference championship matchup predictions. Who you got? I'm going to keep with what I said before. I'm going to go Bucks and Raptors in the East and out of the West. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Nuggets as much as that pains me to say, just if I had to give an objective pick gun to my head and the Warriors. I would go uh, Blazers and Nuggets, and then Blazers. I would go. Oh, I meant Warriors and Nuggets. My bad. Got you. Got you. Warriors, Nuggets, uh, Sixers, and Bucks. All right, Q man, back to you. You know, I'm gonna stick with the Philly chain. I'm gonna take the Seventy Sixers. And then I'm going to take Milwaukee still in seven. So it's got to be Sixers, Bucks. And in the West, I'm taking Houston in seven. And I'm taking the Denver Nuggets. All right. All right. I wanted to find a way to shit on you for your picks, but I completely agree with those two. So I can't can't argue that. So... (laughs) I think it's time. Let's move into our interview, huh? It was a great interview. It was a super fun interview. We had a play-by-play commentator and the founder of Midwest Sports Network, Gabriel Schrey. We talked Midwest Sports Network, how he got started as a commentator. We did a little role-play scenario and had him uh, basically commentate a scenario we just threw at him. He's got great great commentator voice you could just tell that this guy's gonna make it down the line so sitting in section 312 we have gabriel shrey now sitting in section 312 we have the owner and the founder of midwest sports network and a play-by-play commentator gabriel shrey gabriel how you doing hey i'm good man thanks for having me on yeah not a problem not a problem and i want to start off right away because you're from michigan and I'm assuming you're a Lions fan, but you're wearing a Bears hat. What's up yeah, with that? That's right. That's right. I'll tell you what. I love sports. I think uh, it's weird nowadays. So many people, you'd think we're the revolution of the media. Look at Twitter and how many different people we can reach around the world. Like we're talking to each other. We connected through Twitter. You would think people would like more sports teams, more franchises and sports. But instead, people are more intense than ever with their fandom. 
I love sports and I love athletes and I love sports stories. So I love the Bears. In fact, uh, probably my favorite NFL athlete of all time is going to be between Barry Sanders and uh, Bronco Nagurski. Okay, okay. So Lions fan then, huh? So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You okay. know who Bronco Nagurski is, don't you? <laughs> of course, man. Top linebacker yeah. in college football history, dude. He's got an award yeah. named after him. <laughs> if you got an award named after you, you're doing something right. So, no <laughs> all right, we'll get Lions, we'll get into some Lions stuff later because uh, we we got a bone to pick with you about that. But uh, oh, Quentin, no. why don't we get this? <laughs> Quentin, why don't we get this started off here smooth? Yeah, Gabriel. First off, you know uh, I was reading up about you a little bit, and you do a lot of play-by-play work. Uh, when when did you decide that you wanted to be a play-by-play commentator? You know what? That has been a, a lifelong goal of mine, a lifelong dream of mine. Uh, I used to be a kid, and uh, in middle school, I would play Madden in my bedroom, and I would do the play-by-play. I'd mute the TV, and I'd start calling the games to myself. So it's something I've always wanted to do. And uh, just from the very first time, I was actually able to sit down in the booth and call a game. I was like, this is it. Like, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. And uh, it's something that I've worked relentlessly at for the last five years. I think that's a good move because uh, old Gus Johnson in the fucking old school Madden games was just the absolute worst. So I'm sure you were a million times better than <laughs> that. <laughs> so um, you, you mentioned, obviously, that, you know, you're in the booth, you're doing play by play. What was the first? Uh, how'd you get started with that kind of uh, what was the first kind of game that you called that you can remember? Oh, it's a it's a crazy story, actually. Uh, it, it tracks back my freshman year of college. I chose Adrian College in Adrian, Michigan, uh, because they were starting this communications program. They had had a comm building and a comm department forever, and they had all kinds of opportunities to do play-by-play, but they were working on a project called Adrian College Television, where they stream games live online, and uh, it just seemed like a great opportunity, and they wanted me to play football, which is something I wanted to do. Got hurt pretty bad in high school and figured it probably wouldn't happen, and of course it didn't, right? Obviously, I didn't play in college if I'm doing all this play-by-work. So got, got, got done before camp, Basically, the trainer said, hey, this is just not going to happen. So I joined up with ACTV, and they're like, well, we've got seniors who want to call games, but we can get you on the camera and start working you towards being on the call. So the first football game of the year, I showed up to work the top camera, and the play-by-play guy didn't show up. So right away, I got in the booth, and uh, I called a game, and, and the director was a guy who had just graduated two years before, and he came over to me and said, you're never working a camera again. So uh, got started, got off on a, a good track, and uh, just took that experience and ran with it. That's awesome. It's almost like it was fate for you to show up that night, you know, prepared to work the camera and the guy just not show up. It was almost like destiny was calling your name there. It's it's weird. It's such a it's an industry that is like being a professional athlete because there are so few opportunities. That's one thing that I think fascinates people about sports, especially the NFL. You know, one percent of guys move on from high school to college. One percent of guys move on from college to the NFL. It's the same thing. There are three thousand five hundred players in the NFL. There are thirty two guys on the radio calling the games. Think about that stat line. So that that finite amount of people that are able to move on at each step and get that opportunity everyone's going to have those stories and all of them are going to be wild at the end of the day yeah i mean i've called a couple of games down here at southern illinois i'm about to graduate as well but i've done the football and the basketball and the baseball but i've always wanted you know be a talk show host and host my own sports talk show so that's how we started the podcast and you know i have a lot of connections with famous people and guests uh, down the line that are coming on but moving right down 
through your experience and everything, you started the Midwest Sports Network back in October of 2018. What was your vision when creating this company? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't really have a super strict vision in mind when, when it was like go time. Uh, basically, there was a scheduling conflict with two of the television stations I work for, so I had a Friday off. I was supposed to be doing a high school game, and they mixed up who was supposed to be using me when. So the, one of the TV stations gave me off the wrong Friday when I was supposed to be on another television station. So I had a free Friday. So I dealt with a scheduling conflict, and I'm like, now what am I going to do on Friday? So I'm from a small town, small village called Stockbridge with a population of 1,200, and uh, I wanted to go home and broadcast a game. I've got the know-how to set up and broadcast online to stream the game. I can sell the advertising. I've sold regular radio advertising. So I just said, hey, I'm going to do this in a week. So I spent the next two nights. I stayed up till 2 a.m. and uh, got an LLC started and a DBA from the city here in Adrian and sold the advertising over the phone and in person and went and streamed the game and engineered it and called it myself. So that's kind of how it got started. And from there, I'm like, well, now I've got to have a, a good website and, and built the WordPress site. So it's just kind of taken off and uh it's quickly getting much larger than i can manage <laughs> yeah man definitely and that's like a crazy awesome story you know these these are the things that um you know you, you can have now with the internet right with the podcast or you you can do this yourself so being um your own boss the an entrepreneur to some extent a founder and owner what would you say is the hardest part that um you've noticed in the process to get to where you are now that's a tough question. Uh, let me think about that. The hardest part I would say is just staying motivated. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I really don't you know, need to do this. I should just stop. And, and, and sometimes it feels like I'm wasting time because it is so difficult to grow something like that. But I think to, to really take a business and see it through, you need to pick a project that you're working on that has multiple uses to you. So for me, the number one thing I'm doing is creating opportunities for others. Uh, I have a lot of friends who want to be in broadcasting or, or want to be in the media and write and cover things that haven't been able to do so because no traditional media outlet will hire them. Well, start our own online media outlet. You know, we'll just do it ourselves. We don't really need anyone else. So that's nice. And I also like to be able to use it as a sales tool for myself. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, it, to be able to sell the advertisement is huge, you know, because I feel like that helps get everything else moving along down the line in order to sense of revenue and finances in order to fund certain things. Um, I got a question. I saw the picture on your profile in the Detroit Lions booth. What game were you calling and what what did it feel like when you first stepped into that booth? Yeah, that was a, a state championship football game. Uh, Lumen Christie High School won their 13th championship, and they've been unbelievable for years. Actually, uh, the Indianapolis Colts just selected Kari Willis, who went to Lumen Christie, and his younger brother was on that team, had two interceptions Bobby did in the state championship. So that was an unbelievable football team. Uh, a lot of fun to get to cover their run all the way to the state championship. I'm a radio guy, and I really owe it to a couple of the older guys that work at JTV in Jackson, Michigan. They, uh, they said, hey, let's let the young guy do the radio because we can't do a television feed for the state championship and two guys who uh definitely had a lot more seniority than me stepped aside so i'd have the opportunity to do that game 
there's nothing like being at a facility like that. Uh, I've been in some crazy venues. One of my favorite venues I've been in is in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. There's a high school stadium down there that seats more than most of the college stadiums that I've been to. Probably 5,000 bench seats there. And uh, it, it was unreal. I mean, th- just the crowd noise. And I can't imagine being Dan Miller on a Sunday based on what I experienced while I was there for a high school football game. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I noticed that, you know, you've mentioned you've been on both sides of it, right? Television and radio. And Mm -hmm. there's obviously some huge differences in presenting a game when your audience can see the game versus they're listening to you and relying on you to describe everything. So what are kind of the key differences that you have to approach when you're uh, when you're broadcasting on the radio? And on top of that, um, is there is it almost easier on the radio because you don't have as much time that you're placing pretty much with filler because you know the audience can see what's going on yeah absolutely that's that's a fantastic question i i can't express to you how good of a question that is because there's a lot of people in this industry who do television and radio and don't understand the difference so really i would say that uh when i'm on tv i really have to work to be the bus driver and and not the coach and not hold everyone's hand right so so when i'm on television i have to kind of sit back in my chair and say gabe you really don't need to go through everything i prefer radio Uh, Not that television isn't great and I wouldn't take a a big TV job if somebody called me. I think that radio is an art and uh, having to sit back and really think about how to bring your listener into the stadium and tell them what's going on in front of you and paint that picture in their mind verbally is just an unbelievable skill. And it's a style that I like to work with. You know, I, I idolize a Gus Johnson and a, and a Mike Emmerich much more than a lot of the guys that are popular right now. I think our generation will work back towards that. We like the big, exciting call. We like the artistry of things like that. And uh, I just prefer that style. I love television, too. It does make it nice when you can look back at the replay and, you know, it's a little smoother and um, it's wild too. the difference between local and regional television. When I'm on JTV, there's no monitor in front of me. There's no replay. I can't see the replay. I know they're going to flash a replay up when they piece the broadcast together from all the different cameras and microphones. You know, it's it's a taped broadcast that they build. So I can say I can call for a replay because they're going to put it in there, but I can't see it. So that's tough. Uh, regional television is so different from local because you've got people keeping stats for you and, and they're trying to make sure you're getting things right. And if you say the wrong number, they'll correct you and you can hear it, right? You don't get that in local television, local radio. So it's really why I prefer radio because it's all on you. And if you make a mistake, yeah, that carry will forever have been number 33 instead of number 22. You know, we're just going to roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. I know exactly what you mean because you know yeah. I'm Adrian in radio broadcasting and people ask me all the time why why are you going into radio and my simple answer to them is I don't have the face for television so <laughs> so moving you know right down along with some of our questions here that we have for you uh, I'm assuming you've met a lot of famous athletes some celebrities and stuff do you get starstruck at all and if so who was the one person that made you feel a little bit of butterflies in your stomach not at all. Uh, I think it's really important not to be that way. I would say, especially if you've got any young guys listening who want to be in play-by-play or, or be big, I think it's very important that guys like us have the attitude of, I am going to be big time one day. 
how would I want to be treated? So treat those people as though they are your equals. And I, I do that with everyone in life, whether you're you're serving me my food at a fast food restaurant or you're the CEO of a, a Fortune 500 company. I'm going to shake your hand the exact same way. I'm going to talk to you the same way, look at you the same way. I think that's just a, a good way to operate and you're, you're never going to offend anyone if you're kind to everyone and have the same respect for everyone. So I, I have met some, uh, some people that I was pretty impressed with. Um, personally, I really enjoyed the company of Brogan Roback. Brogan did not go way out of his way to let me know that he was a quarterback in the NFL. I met him while he was on hard knocks and he sat in the booth with me during a game with his hood up and didn't say anything until halftime. And I didn't know who he was until they said they were putting him on air with us. And I was like, oh, you're that guy. That's who he'd been sitting with me for probably 90 minutes, didn't know who he was. Uh, and I'm also a big fan of Uncle Crackers. I emceed his concert here in Adrian. And uh, great guy. He had flown in from Norway, had like three hours of sleep, and had done a concert the night before. So big fan of Uncle Cracker as well. Did, uh, did Brogan uh, ever talk about his crystals with you? Because I know that was a big deal on Hard Knocks. Brogan didn't have much to say. We, we got him on air, and, and he was he's pretty laid back. So no crystals, real shame. Wish you could, <laughs> wish you could have gotten with that. So we got we got to ask. So, so we're assuming you're a Lions fan, right? Absolutely. So okay, for just first thoughts. We'll 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 start out easy with you because we're Chicago guys here. What did you think of the draft and any predictions for the upcoming season? Gut reactions. Well, I'm 24 years old, so imagine just getting the tar beat out of your emotions for 24 years, like being in an abusive relationship, and just this person hates you so much, but you keep coming back to them. Um, when things are looking up, it's really hard to have a good attitude about it. So that's how I feel every year at the draft. Um, and also, that's enough tight ends. Please stop <laughs> drafting tight ends. I don't care if he is the greatest tight end of all time. That is enough tight ends. So... I do like the picks, um, I have to admit, and I think that with any other general manager and coach, I would have been very frustrated with our linebacker out of Hawaii, but I will give Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia the pass. You know, I want the New England Patriots. Bring it on. Rebrand the whole team. Make the Lion a, a, an American flag. If it <laughs> means winning, I'm fine with it. Yeah, you guys are going to be changing colors to red, white, and blues. <laughs> That's for sure. Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it works out, it works out. That's definitely true. <laughs> so being a Lions fan, you think Matt Patricia looks like Sam Tarley from Game of Thrones? Because he does. Absolutely. There's no question. <laughs> I think Matt Patricia is my favorite. Like, I could not love the way Matt Patricia looks anymore. He just looks like a dude who is like five years out of college and hasn't landed his first big job yet. So he's just kind of been hanging out like and, and here right now they're like, you know what, can you run this team? And he just he just does not look like he has it together. And uh, he just has that vibe like he does, though. Like if you just saw him, you'd be like, this guy has no idea what's going on. But when he talks, you're like, huh, I feel like he gets it. You know, he's got a little fire to him. Really reminds me of a Bill Belichick. So I am a big fan of him. What's up with the pencil in his ear? I don't know. I love it. I mean, have you seen the T-shirts and the graphics coming out of Detroit? <laughs> yeah. People bought into it right away, so I personally like it. Um, I don't know what's up with it. It's weird. I, I would never use a regular pencil. It seems like more of an inconvenience than a pen. <laughs> See, I was about to ask that. I, I, I actually almost had it written down if you would prefer a pen to a pencil, but I just didn't know how to bring it up, so I'm very happy that you brought it up for me. <laughs> well, I'm an adult, so I prefer a pen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Patricia's on his victory lap, though, so he's okay. He'll be just yeah. fine. <laughs> 
All right. So how does it feel knowing that the Bears are going to win the NFC North again, though? You guys no. are built. But, uh, <laughs> no. I, you know, I, again, I don't I don't dislike any of the teams uh, in the NFC North except for the Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. So <laughs> I'm a Midwestern sports fan. Uh, I do like the Bears. I've always liked the Bears. I'm not sure if it's the branding uh, or what it is. Julius Peppers was probably my favorite active player when I was in high school. Um, I, I wore his number when I played high school football, so definitely uh, don't hate the Bears. And, you know, I try not to take it too seriously. You look at an in-state rivalry like we have with Michigan and Michigan State, and I mean, people are dead serious about this. Like, these people are ready to fight it out over college football teams. And I'm like, guys, like, let's just enjoy it. You know, let's just enjoy the game. So I, I'm big on enjoying it and just enjoying the athletes' performances. If you do like the Bears, actually, our first guest, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, we had Bear Man, the fan who was inducted into the Hall of Fans, onto the show, and he had a lot of cool things to say and stuff about the Bears and, you know, his routine getting ready to Bear Man. Do you you guys in Detroit, you have a super fan? You know, I'm a big fan of, uh, there's a guy called the Arrow Man, and uh, you might remember him from this year the four field goals uh he stands back and gets a seat right back behind the uprights and he has about a five foot wide arrow i think he'd cry right now if he knew i was talking about him <laughs> and the guy is awesome he's all over twitter go find him the arrow man i don't know what his handle is uh i'll i guess i'll tweet at him and let him know i talked about him on your podcast <laughs> guy guy is just a rock star i think he gets season tickets and, and goes to every game with this big arrow and tries to to freak out kickers so big fan of him uh, that's probably why Cody Parkey missed, right? I, I feel really bad for Cody Parkey. <laughs> Can we just say a prayer for Cody Parkey real quick? He no. Doesn't, no. No. <laughs> he doesn't deserve a prayer. And you know I what? felt really bad for Cody. The, the thing about the, the Chicago feeling is had, it's the Good Morning America thing that got us, that he went on immediately after and was asking for the sympathy. If it wasn't that, we would, we would feel bad. We would have no problems with him, you know, being like, okay, it happened. You know, it sucks and it sucks for us and we kind of are upset about it, but we understand that, you know, it, it, it happens, you'll miss whatever. The Good Morning America thing immediately after, I think that stung with us a little bit more and it stung with the team too, obviously. So... Anyways, um, back to we want to kind of go back to the Midwest Sportsnet a little bit. You know, that was a fun little side doing some football stuff. But, you know, you guys have multiple podcasts available now. You guys are growing. It's awesome. You're kind of uniting the Midwest with all kind of local and college level and professional level, which is great. Um, how would you say that the podcast world has helped you expand on your company and kind of grow your network, grow your brand through the, I guess, the year that you've been kind of in operation? Yeah, I've definitely gotten some some great advice and, and met some great new friends through Midwest Sports Network that are people I never would have ever had the chance to connect with in person. Uh, the Pride podcast really took me off way faster than I was ready for. We've got major press mentions from the Freep, the Associated Press. We were on 97, won the ticket here in Detroit, uh, playing their our audio, crediting the Midwest Sports Network. So all of these press mentions, you know, we got flooded with hits all in one day. And uh, it was because they had Glover Quinn on, and they were the first people he talked to after the Lions got rid of him. So everyone wanted our audio. Dave Burkett was linking back to us. Uh, he's a beat writer here in Detroit. So it's been wild meeting people like that and, and generating traffic from things like that. And, uh, you know, you want to say, hey, it's a business model and you're going to make a bunch of money doing it. But it's really not that important to me. It hasn't been. And I'm sure that's the wrong attitude to have. And that's not how you make a million dollars or whatever. 
But I think a lot of people are really concerned with the business model of things like this. And for me, again, it's, it's to create opportunities for others and for myself. And that's awesome, man. And I got to tell you, it's beautiful to hear that because that might be the most Midwestern sentiment I've heard. <laughs> I'm, that's just some old school, good blue collar niceness. And I appreciate the fuck out of that because you don't see that in other parts of the country. So that's an awesome attitude to have. Super great to hear from you. Yeah, if I could sit down and have coffee with anyone, it would be Mike Emmerich. That, that's that's the attitude I want to have towards life, towards broadcasting. You know, I think that the nice guy can make it. I don't think you have to step on people on the way up to to make it successfully in the broadcasting industry. Oh yeah, man, we're all in this together. We're all just trying to get a, our bone buck. So 100%. So you're a big play-by-play guy. You love doing it. What was your dream play-by-play game be, and who would you want to call it with? Ooh, my dream play-by-play game and who with. You know what? That's bizarrely enough as somebody who thinks about almost nothing but doing play-by-play. I've never thought about that. Um, if I could do anything, I'd do the Super Bowl and the Lions would be in it. Uh, of course. So they would lose for sure, no question, just to break my heart. Who would I call it with? I've worked with so many great people uh, in the last couple of years and I'm not going to lie. I, I try to go into every game and, and, and treat all these people with respect. And when you do broadcasting, you know, you always expect to get paired up with people who are just not going to be good. And it seems like every time I get paired up with someone new, I'm just floored with how well prepared they are and well versed and how well they know their respective sport. So I can't even imagine working with somebody who had played at the professional level and, and who carried themselves like some of these color commentators do on network television. Um, I really have grown to like Tony Romo, even though I hated him for the first, I hated him for his entire NFL career. And uh, for the first two games, I hated him, but I have really grown to like him. I think Jason Witten was literally built for television. So I, and I also am a guy who does not like the former athlete, but those two and this last year have just absolutely stolen me away from that ideal. Well, he's going back to the Cowboys. Yeah, I know. I don't know why he's doing that. He should stay in the booth where he's safe. You're really productive. <laughs> That's actually crazy because our next question was asking you specifically about Tony Romo and what you thought about him. So that's actually pretty cool that you jumped the gun on that one. Um, yeah, I, wait, wait. I want to actually um, – sorry. I wanted to um, follow up on that though. Do you, so you do enjoy the him kind of trying to predict the calls. You don't think it's a little too frequent, especially down the line here? It is too frequent. I don't love it. Um, it's not my favorite thing, but I don't hate it either. I think there's there's a time and place, and you know if it's if it's the second quarter, and you guys probably have heard this. I don't know how much play-by-play study you've done or how many people you've talked to, but there's a time and place for that. So your first quarter, you're setting the stage. It's the big dramatic. You know, we're here at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, and this is the situation. If they don't win this game, this happens. And then the second quarter, things kind of cool off. Unless there's a bunch of touchdowns, then you kind of start working in your storylines. And after halftime, you have to kind of nip up. Okay, we're in the third quarter. You have to work in the rest of your storylines and then you figure out okay now we're setting the stage for this critical turning point in the game unless it's a blowout again um so that's when he should be doing that is in the second quarter and the third quarter the fourth quarter is no time to get creative the first quarter you're supposed to be setting the stage so that does bother me he does do it too frequently but i don't hate it i think it's it's nice to have a refreshing take in the booth like that 
Definitely. So there's definitely some push pull with the audience kind of trying to pull them in. But then once they're in, let them let the game kind of do the talking for you and just kind of like let that carry out on its own. And kind of when you start to feel the audience maybe pulling away, pull them back in. That's yeah. I mean, I think there's a crazy amount of uh, interest in the just the dynamic of how you kind of got to psychologically approach as a commentator, you know, keeping keeping yourself out of the limelight, but also at the same time, you know, being entertaining and keeping people interested. So going off of that, do you think that um, you have to alter your approach a little bit when you're broadcasting to different regions or audiences, uh, maybe even being sports events, different kinds of fan bases, or do you think it's kind of all the same across the board? And if you put out a good product, people will like it no matter what. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that uh, I approach certain broadcasts in a different way. Um, I definitely have a different level of aggression depending on my understanding of the sport, the teams, the region. So if I'm on JTV in Jackson, Michigan, and I'm calling my sixth game of the year covering Jackson High School, and I've seen these athletes play, and I know the away team, and I kind of know what to expect, right? I'm going to be a little more aggressive with the things that I say as a play-by-play guy, and I'm hoping my color commentator will feed off of that energy as well. So if I know Micah Kretzinger, if I've personally seen him score 22 touchdowns this season, I'm like, hey, this guy is somebody they've got to watch out for. Like, he's going to be pounding it in. But if I'm down in Toledo, Ohio on Buckeye Cable and I'm covering Start High School and it's my first time ever seeing that high school, I'm going to be a little careful. I'm like, yeah, it's going to come down to who's got the bigger offensive line here tonight whoever can get the bigger push up front you know so you're gonna you're gonna work off of what you know and then kind of set the tone based on that and as far as region i haven't ever adjusted based on the region um i have adjusted based on the medium but never the region so i i do adjust big time based on radio or television but do not make many adjustments based on what platform i'm broadcasting on whether it's local radio regional local television regional Gotcha. Gotcha. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here too. Um, I keep noticing you, you love giving uh, there's an announcer voice and then there's a regular voice. Can you absolutely an announcer impression? Just, just give me like a 10 second call um, about we'll do something crazy's happening. Okay. You want me to just do something? You got a, you got a scenario for me? All right. Here I, got we go. a, I got a scenario for you. All right. We'll go. Lions are down three. 14 seconds left in Soldier Field on the 40-yard line of the Bears. That's it. You're going to let me make it up. Yeah, you got 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, much, no. All right, here. all right. We're putting you so on here's the what you're hearing, too, in my voice. When I speak, uh, when I'm doing a play-by-play voice, I tense up my chest. I, I push my chest out, and then I try to push more from my chest than speak from my throat. So it's not so much changing the way that I speak, but where I'm speaking from. Okay, here we go. Detroit Lions trail by three. Only seconds left in the game. They need this to win it. Snap is good. Hold is good. Prater up. Away. Oh, no. It's wide left. The Detroit Lions lose the ball game in the Windy City. You have to be kidding me. Unbelievable. That's that's all I got. And, for that's, you. I why, and that's why you're the professional. That is fantastic. That, that was it's rough. very good. It's rough. <laughs> It's rough. How do I think that take you to master that? Uh, you know, I've, I used to, uh, this is a little weird. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I used to practice while I was driving around in my car. When I first started doing it, 
I was trying to come up with all these creative ways to get reps. And uh, everybody I've ever talked to, from the local guy on the radio station down the street here at WLEN Radio and Adrian, his name is Steve Barkway. I replaced him as the voice of Adrian College Football, all the way up to uh, I ran into Mike Tarico in Ann Arbor. They all have the same exact advice as far as play-by-play goes. They all say, hey, you should really listen to what other people do and take bits and pieces of what they do and work it into your broadcast. Mike Tarico looked me in the eye and he said, you steal. Steal what other people do that you like that you think will sound good if you say it so i don't really steal i think uh i think that stealing is kind of tough to do and not make it sound like you're doing an impression of another broadcaster but i definitely do listen for things that they do that i like and it's tough to to come up with your own style but i think it's really necessary because to be successful, it has to come from here to here like very quickly. And it can't do that if you're thinking really hard about what to say. So they have to be words that are natural to you. And uh, I definitely have gone through. I have list of verbs that I like that I practice saying quickly. So that's one thing that has helped me. So I really wanted to start saying ladled during sporting events. I was calling hockey, and I'm like, I really want to start using the verb ladled. So I would, before the game and when we take breaks, I'd be like, say ladled, 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 ladled. And then I'd be saying ladle during the game you know it just it pop into my head so and that's it's just a building process in my mind of of coming up with different things you like to say and then preparing yourself to say okay this time i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this and just keep reminding yourself write it down in your notes somewhere and eventually you'll say it a few times during a broadcast and it'll just naturally be one of the things you go to that's awesome because i'll I feel like it's a sense of the audience starting to uh, predict you kind of what you're going to say. And, and that unpredictability is awesome. Having that those vocab words that you can just pull out of your back pocket and switch it up and be like, did he just say ladle? Yeah, he, he yeah. did. You know? But um, uh, first off, I want to say thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for giving us uh, your time. We got a couple more questions here before we let you go. I want to talk about your podcast a little bit. You have your own show on the MWSN website. What What's that about? What's the premise of your show? Oh, you caught me. I haven't even launched it yet. So I have a Twitter account for it. There's a space for it on the website. I've got my hour all set on the radio station, and I have not launched it yet. Uh, I've been trying to convince – there's an ESPN affiliate. I'm not going to say which one here in Michigan that I'm trying to convince to give me a show. And uh, they said, you bring us a pitch, and we'll talk about it. So I'm trying to decide what I would want in that hour. I've actually got – the document open here. I'm trying to decide what I would want in my hot clock. And uh, if I can pitch them a show successfully, that's what the Gabriel Shry show will be. I might rename it to like lukewarm takes or something. And, uh, and I would just go through and say, Hey, these are the headlines for today and maybe pick some controversial topic. I always think it's fun in radio to pick a topic that's very controversial and then argue for the side that you don't actually agree with. So that's, that's something I've always been a big fan of doing and just trying to tear those arguments apart and, I don't know what exactly will be on that show, but at some point I'll probably get it started. Ironic that a guy with all this network ability to push out a show doesn't have a show on his own network. <laughs> you know, it seems like it's a work in progress, though, and you're getting towards it. And I mean, obviously, when you're busy building up some other stuff, you know, things come up and you kind of got to get around to that later, especially when you're doing a little bit of managing on the side. So totally get it. But I mean, it sounds like an awesome show. Uh, would you like to plug anyone that happens to be listening out there might be interested where they'll be able to find it, though, when it gets up? 
Yeah, absolutely. I would say that uh, you should go follow us at MWSN Sports. That's where we're at on every form of social media. And I'm Shry Guy. That's a really hard one to spell. It's S-C-H-R-A-Y-G-U-Y. That's where I'm at on every form of social media. So. Okay, man. Yeah, it sounds good. Definitely. Everybody, if you're listening, go check them out. Um, obviously, Gabe and others, man, they got a good thing going over there. So, you know, give them a listen once it comes out and we'll hear some crazy good debates on some controversial stuff. So, uh, Andrew, you want to move into our final questions here before yeah, we uh, let Gabriel go? Yeah, man, we'll do some rapid fire. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Let me stretch out here. So, you already mentioned you uh, played some sports growing up and you got injured. What were all uh, all of the sports that you did play or try to play growing up? Yeah, I, you know what? I didn't play a lot of sports. Actually, I wrestled. Uh, middle school, I played baseball when I was real little. Uh, always loved football, but didn't actually play organized football until I was in high school. And uh, I was a really good bowler. <laughs> <laughs> really? What's your highest score? Uh, I shot a 289 my senior year of high school. Holy shit. All right. I get like 100 with the bumpers. So, but that's okay. <laughs> I averaged 205 my junior year and didn't bowl my senior year. Damn, man. <laughs> Okay. Um, you mentioned you played Madden earlier. Um, is Madden or NCAA the better college fo- or better football game? That's oh, such a tough question. The best days were in 2013 when you had NCAA 13 and Madden 13, and you could create a player and play with him through college and then transfer him over to Madden. That's that's what I miss. Because, um, again, I love the sports stories, but probably Madden if is I had to R- pick one. I think that was the RG3 cover, no? I, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, that was RG3. He got it. For sure. And then it was D Robinson after that. That was the last yeah. one. All right. It's, yeah. it's very, it's up there. It's, it's very deep, but it's still there. Um, you do you have a to play with the Madden? A favorite team to play with? Yeah. Like what's your go-to? Steelers. Steel. Oh, AB's gone. So that makes it a little bit trickier now. I know. But. I know. The killer bees before they all broke up. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could do this all over again and go down a different route rather than the commentator route, the play-by-play, what route do you think you would be? Like in life or with broadcasting? No, if broadcasting never existed and you had to choose a different route to follow and pursue a career, what would it be? Probably coach football. Definitely. Would you be a hard-nosed coach or would you be a player's coach? No, I coached for two years. I coached middle school football, and it was not about winning. Let me tell you that. It was about uh, learning lessons and, and, and growing as people. So I actually had an official flag my team once for excessive celebration to teach them a lesson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the Mike Tomlin philosophy then. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay. Uh, I think this is my last one. I don't know if Quentin has another one. Um, have you ever had a terrible blooper while you were on the air or like something that you said that you're like, Oh my God, this is just was the worst, most embarrassing thing ever. And when want to tell us about it really quick. Yeah. I, I ripped on a charity once because their name was funny and I thought it was a marketing <laughs> initiative by the mud hens. So I made fun of the name of a charity because I thought it was a marketing campaign. Um, I made fun of it for about 30 seconds and then somebody let me know I was making fun of a charity. So they've got a lot of free PSAs coming on the Midwest sports network at some point. And, uh, I also actually passed out on air once we had Adrian college running the hurry up in the fourth quarter of a football game, trying to get down the field and score. It was tied 
21-21 with four minutes left. And uh, they they ran two hurry-up plays, and then they got a sack back all the way back, and it was like fourth and 20. They were way back in the shadow of their own goalpost, and they ran a fake punt. And the punter went 35 yards for a first down. And I had been yelling because they ran the hurry-up yeah. for so long, and my knees were locked that I literally passed out. It's the only time I've ever passed out in my life. Fell backwards, ironically kid you not into a garbage can and uh we still have that recording the production director and i hung out this weekend from the radio station i do that at and he let me know that he still has that recording and he's waiting to release it <laughs> <laughs> did they win at so least? that'll come out someday <laughs> did they win the game at least they did it was okay. probably one of the great I, I i immediately after the game my color partner is one of my best friends and uh we lost the game, and I said, man, it's too bad we aren't about five years later in our career. We didn't really do that justice on the radio. That's one of the greatest games we'll ever see. They they scored a touchdown with 59 seconds left to win the game. <laughs> well, at least it all worked out then in the end, even if uh, even if you did wind up uh, maybe not making it through for the rest of it. It's really. a great, great bit of audio. You can hear me hit the trash can, and <laughs> he turns around. It's two seconds of silence. He goes, Seriously? Gabe just passed out. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right, Gabe. I got one last question before we let you go. And I want to know, where do you intend to take your company? By saying that, I mean, what is the overall goal of growth to where you can just sit back and say, you know what? I made it. Well, I'll tell you what. I am at a point where it doesn't matter if it grows or not because my goal is to do sports play-by-play. And I think I'm... I seem to be well on my way. I don't want to jinx myself, but a knock on wood. Um, I've, I've talked to a few Division One programs this year. So for me, again, it's a sales tool and an opportunity-creating tool. I would like it to continue to grow, and I'd like to continue to work on it as long as I can and as long as it makes sense for me until either A, I sell it, or B, I get bored with it and, and give it to somebody. Um, but at this point, I would like to take it all the way to be Deadspin Jr. Now Deadspin is going to try and ruin me. But I want to be something like that, you know, a hard news source that's online only, that streams games on the side. It's just it's fun, and I want to get people involved. And uh, if it gets big enough, then I don't know. I guess I have to hire someone full-time to management manage it, excuse me, and maybe launch a second brand with a different different philosophy. So that's where I'm at with it. There you go, man. Definitely. Well, sounds good. Maybe we'll hear you up in the big house one day calling games with that beautiful voice of yours and that awesome Midwestern attitude. So, all right, Gabe, Uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on and giving us some of your time. This was awesome. A lot of fun. We really appreciate it. Guys, thanks for having me. Go Chi-Town. Yeah, no problem. We hope to have you on uh, probably sometime later in the future as a reoccurring guest. So take care, Gabe. Thanks, guys. And that was the interview with Gabriel Shrey. That interview was brought to you by Swazo Painting. Swazo Painting has been painting in the Chicagoland area for the past 20 to 25 years. There's free estimates. You could call Raul Swazo at 630-272-2096. He does interior, exterior, staining decks, removing wallpaper, power washing. He does cabinets, tile floors, anything. You want to change that turquoise that you got in the kids baby room or if you just want to change the color of your master bedroom because you're tired of looking at too much cream on the ceiling it's give them a call free estimate swazo painting 630-272-2096 you let's get into some segments yes let's let's jump into some thanks again to gabe it was again yeah i think you hit it on the head super fun 
great announcer voice. As you mentioned, we learn you have to puff the chest out and speak from the throat. I don't think we're going to try that because I don't think I could handle doing the announcing. I might pass out just like he mentioned to us. But yeah, let's move into segments. Bald guy of the week. I want to start off hot. We're going to come in fucking blazing with this one. Seabass, Sebastian Jankowski, absolute legend, the fucking big old leg out there, the unfitted jersey or the unaltered jersey, hanging down to his ankles, no knee pads, 63-yard field goal kicking, and he retired. Congrats to Seabass. Congrats on your beautiful NFL career. 20 years. Absolute leg will go down as definitely one of the most electric kickers in NFL history. Bald guy of the week. Seabass, Sebastian Jankowski. Yeah, I personally loved getting him all the time on Madden because sometimes he'd make like 65-yard-plus field goals. I got a question for you, though. Did he sign like a one-day contract? Is he still under contract with the Seahawks, or can he sign that one-day contract with the Raiders and retire a Raider? I mean, I, I'm i not sure how it works in the NFL, to be honest with you, because I think that's more of an NBA thing, no, than the, the one-day contracts. I don't know. I think he should just go out as the Seahawks that he was. I think it's fine for him. He had an awesome quote, too, just as a dude. He said he's turning into a taxi driver. He's going to take his kids to school. That's going to be his new life. So congrats to that. That's awesome. That's the dream. Made more money than any kicker in NFL history. So claps for Seabass. Good on you, dude. So some just before we move away from this, some other, you know, key players that we grew up watching that retired this year. Jamal Charles actually did just sign a one-day contract with the Chiefs to officially announce his retirement. And Chris Johnson, who hasn't played in like six years, I thought he retired a long time ago, but apparently he signed a one-day contract with the Titans as well, and he's going to retire a Titan. Hey, good for CJ2K, man. Never forget that, dude. He was the first 100-speed reigning in Madden, so can't beat that. All right, Quentin, let's move into uh, the fast money drill. I got to be honest with you. When we do this, I enjoy the weeks that I get to answer the questions because I don't have to think of them on the spot. So I knew when it was my turn to come up here, man, I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to come in hot. I'm going to got some spicy answers for y'all. I'm going to come up with some good shit. So I hope you got the questions ready. You better bring the heat. Matt, you got some questions? You got questions ready? Because we're going to go back and forth. You're going to start the number. Yeah, it's all you. No. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll, okay, okay. I'll, I'll try we're going back and forth. You were sitting on that hot money seat, on that fast money hot, okay. however you want to put it. It was hot. It was fast. It was sweaty. <laughs> Real sweaty. <laughs> Doing the Gangnam style in my couch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fast money drill. Just spitting out rapid fire questions. Whatever he answers, he answers. We're going to put two minutes on the clock. Matt, you are going to start when I say start. Three, two. One, go. Orange vanilla Coke, yay or nay? Haven't tried it yet. I really need to. It's on my list. Can you remove a bra with one hand? Ooh, yes, but I need about three tries to do so. If the uh, White Sox burned and died, who would your next baseball team be? <laughs> Yikes. Um, shit, the Brewers. Go see Yelich. What is the favorite color of the lingerie a woman would wear that would really turn you on? Oh, you really got the sexual mind going on tonight. Shit. Um, red. red. Yeah. Disney red. World or Universal Studios? 
Oh, Disney World all the way, baby. Give me Epcot. <laughs> all right, you got fuck one, marry one, kill one. Chewing tobacco, cigarettes, and weed. <laughs> well, okay. Um, gonna be, we're gonna marry weed. We're gonna fuck cigarettes because when you're drinking, there is nothing like a good smoke every now and again. And we'll kill chewing tobacco because that shit fucks with my teeth. Nike or Under Armour? Ooh, I used to be a Nike guy, but I'm a big Under Armour guy now. They're making a huge come up. If you were a professional athlete for any non-major sport, what would it be? I'm not going to include soccer in this because Correct. I consider right. soccer... It's well, a major we, sport. Uh, lacrosse, because I'd probably be sexy as fuck. Favorite color? Favorite color it would be blue, navy blue specifically. I don't like light blue. Okay, the last question on the two money drill. If you had the option to regrow your hair like Brian Urlacher, would you take it or have you fully embraced the bald look? You know, if I knew that the hair would stay, I, I would do it. But the problem is most of those don't really work and you got to fix them years down the line. But if I could grow a fucking flow, I would definitely do it in a heartbeat, especially because I'm not famous enough yet to where it would matter. And that was the fast money drill. I thought that was a very good fast money drill for <laughs> for the pro, for some. the whole schematics of the fast money drill. That was brought to you again by the Fast Money Lifestyle Clothing. Go check them out at fastmoneylifestyleclothing.com. Um I'm so excited for this starting five. I've been thinking about it all day. I got to cut you off though, Quentin, cuz you know what I'm excited about? What are you excited about? I'm excited to do some karaoke this weekend. I don't know about y'all. College students are out there. They're finishing finals. You know, you want to go out. You're going to be having some fun with your friends. Hell, maybe you're not a big drinker. Maybe, you know, you want to go out. You want to have a good time. And the bar scene isn't your deal. You can do karaoke adventure. They're in the Chicago area. They provide the DJ. They bring the karaoke to you. Bring it to your party. Bring it to your gatherings. Fucking block party. Your little sister's birthday. Night with friends. You want to drink some orange vanilla Cokes. Have them with your friends. Maybe pour some tequila shots in there if you really want to enjoy yourself. <laughs> Bring everything to you, though. These guys got the PA. They got the mics. They got the TV. They got the lighting. Everything you could want for a singing good time. These guys got 30 years experience. They've been in the biz for a while. They know what they're doing. Find them on Facebook, Karaoke Adventure. Follow them. See some videos. You could see some people. Maybe you'll see us drinking some orange vanilla Cokes out there, singing some Sweet Caroline. That's another favorite of mine. Contact Eric St. Michael's today to find it 773-732-6597. Karaoke Adventure. Find them on Facebook. Disclaimer, Orange Vanilla Coke is not a sponsor. <laughs> maybe they will be. Maybe maybe we'll get into their ears. <laughs> Although it's been tantalizing me lately. Okay. <laughs> I've been really thinking about it. All right, Quentin, we got the starting five. This one is interesting because, you know... As much as I would like, I like to be funny with my starting fives. I like to think outside the box. I think with the superhero super teams, I had to go hardcore regular superheroes for most of these. Now, some of them are a little obscure, but honestly, I built a badass super team and none of it is not a lot of it is comical. Well, 
you know, I w- at first, you know, I was thinking switching maybe down the line, we'll do another one like this of the five superheroes you wouldn't want to have forcefully put on your team, like the kid that's picked last in gym class. You know what I'm talking about? Those superheroes that are lined up, which ones we wouldn't want. So maybe we'll do that uh, later down the line. That would be a good one, a, a very good one. But I'm excited. I think I put together a pretty badass superhero team i think we could take down anything from godzilla to the aliens so i'm i'm prepared and i'm ready so here's how we're gonna do it i'm gonna think of a number between one and ten you two are gonna choose a number to see who goes first and then whoever's closer is gonna go first and the other two i'll flip a coin and we'll figure out the order that way so i think you think of Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll do it. We'll do it. So I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 10. I got it. What is it? Matt, you uh, are more than welcome. A $1, Bob. I'm going to go with 7. My number was 7. So you won. I'm going to let you choose. What what pick do you want? We're on the same wavelength there, Chief. What I, wa- I want to be number 2. I'm going to go in the middle. Okay. Matt, you want heads or tails? Um, let's go with heads. Siri, flip a coin. It's heads. Matt, what do you want? You want first or last? I'll take number three. Okay. I will start it off with the first draft pick. The first draft pick of my Justice League team of superheroes. I'm going to just jump right out of the gate. I'm going to take Deadpool. Ah, shit. Maybe I should have gone with number one. That's a that, same. Deadpool. I'm, dude, yeah. <laughs> I should have so went Deadpool, first. So apparently we're all in the same state of mind. Yeah, I, I fuck with Deadpool. Obviously, super popular movie. Really funny. Lots of good one-liners in there. I think that's a good pick for your team. I think you're a part of your team, too. So I think I think you got a, you got a good squad going for you right now. Okay. Deadpool aside... Uh, I'm going to go Tony Stark, so Iron Man. Badass, bangs all the models, lots of money, cool-ass house in Malibu. I want to chill there on the side. That could be our secret little Justice League lair. We're going to go with Tony Stark. Well, I have a question. Um, Is Deadpool the same thing as Wade Wilson? Yes. Yeah, if it's their alter ego, yeah. Well, I would have to go with the... uh, the team of five, the the Incredibles. That Ooh. you know that works. That works. Yeah. I meant I forgot yeah. I forgot to mention that dynamic duos like that count as one. So okay. Yeah, yeah. You got Mr. Incredible, Mrs. Incredible, Elastic Girl, Violet Dash, Jack Jack. You know, you got the whole team Jack, right there. Jack Jack's almost the dark horse, man. You yeah, could Jack just... Jack is a beast. You could have just stopped that as your starting five and all of them. You could probably listed them all and then seen if you got away with them. But we'll give you all five because <laughs> strength in numbers. So you got back-to-back picks. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, going to have to go with MacGyver. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking outside the box for you, man. I didn't have any I, any clue what these superheroes are supposed to be, and freaking Quentin took the only uh, you know comic book one. So, yeah, MacGyver. All right. All right. MacGyver, you can fix some stuff, and then Jack-Jack can just burn it for you. So there you go. 
I got I got a little one of my outside the box ones here, and I don't think anyone's gonna take it, but it deserves to be number two. We're gonna go with Flo and Mario from Super Mario Sunshine. So take it a little old school in the video game world. Awesome game. Mario goes around. They hate him. He cleans up the whole town. No one bats an eyelash. He doesn't say a word through the entire game. Dude is a madman. He deserves all the love in the world. Flo and Mario. Man, we're all on different wavelengths right now, like what we're thinking. Um, With my second pick, I'm going to take One Punch Man. Kill anything. One Punch Man is probably going to be a solid number two in my eyes. Where is One Punch Man even from? I've never heard of that. What? You, what? You've never seen One Punch Man? You got to watch. It's an, it's an anime show. I don't watch a lot of anime. I'm not into anime and stuff like that. But One Punch Man, he's a superhero. He's got the same facial expression of just dumbfounded, like not caring about life. And all these big super monsters, bigger than Godzilla, and super strong, and everything like that. And he kills them all with just one punch. Like, they're, he's get, taking bullets and everything, and they come to do an attack, and he literally just puts his punch out, and they, like, blow up, and they die. Everything. One punch is everything. You fucking weeb. Okay. You're up again. So my third pick, we're going to switch it to the disguise type field here. We're going to go a little uh, master disguise realm. I'm going to take Perry the platypus. <laughs> I like that pick. That's I was going to say, I like that too. I don't think I have any words. Yeah, man. Perry, you're going to get yeah, Inspector Perry. It's good to go. That's a little old school. I like that. I like the old school picks with these, some some outside the box. All right. Let's keep it in the, uh, the cartoon realm. I'm going to go with Ash Ketchum. From Pokemon has all the Pokemon. He caught them all. He's the ultimate superhero. He's got a whole army of freak mutant animals in his pocket. Ash Ketchum. Yeah, man, you got every single Pokemon known to man, and they keep making new ones, and he keeps catching them as soon as they release them. I don't <laughs> hey, man, it's dynamic. My team's always growing. You know, we, Matt has five. I have like five million. So there we go. Um, for my, uh, for the third pick, I will have to go with, in spirit of the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, I would have to say Jordan Bennington. (laughs) The goalie, dude, he's going crazy out here, dude. That's your superhero? That's the super, dude, he's super, man. He's super. (laughs) He's not just any superhero. He's the goalie, bro. He blocks anything that comes that way. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. The golden goalie, dude. He's great. <laughs> and then, uh, then I'm going to keep it in sports with this next pick. I'm going to have to go with 2011 David Freeze. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you David Freeze because he was he indeed a superhero. Saved the city. He saved the city in that, in that awesome October. He was a superhero that year. I'll give you that. That was legendary season for sure, especially for the St. Louis area. Okay. Batman. Duh. Bruce Wayne. Another really rich dude. He's a little bit smarter, a little less cool than Tony Stark. But, you know, maybe Tony Stark can make him cool if he was on my team. We all hang out. Alfred could come too. That'd be a full squad. We have a butler. I already Alfred makes a lot of appearances in my starting five, so I mean I think it's expected that he'd be on this list. 
So Batman and Alfred. Not Batman and Robin, Batman and Alfred. So I got picks four and five here. So far, I got Deadpool and One Punch Man who will just take out anything thrown their way. I got Perry the Platypus who can come up with some crazy inventions and he's in disguise all the time. Uh, For my fourth pick, I think we need some wisdom on the team. You know, someone that's going to come up with the plan. And for that reason, I'm going to take Yoda. Ooh, that's smart. I think Yoda is a great pick. He's also very strong, very old, very wise. So I'm gonna take Yoda for my fourth pick. Who and on your team would have? Who on your team would have to carry Yoda around? Pro- he'd probably ride on Perry, to be honest. <laughs> I could see that. Okay, okay. Well, who's your last guy? My last one. He's the party animal. Okay, he's the one to get. Everybody fired up when we're not fighting crime. He's the one to give a good time to my team. He's the life of the party. I'm taking Duff Man. Duff Man. Okay. Little, little, little Simpsons love. All right. All right. All right. I got you. Oh, shit. Quentin's popping up on my screen for the first time all episode. How you doing, dude? You looking uglier than ever. Hey, we repping the Steve Nash jersey. Shout out the closet. <laughs> Go check him out. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm on my last uh, really quick run through. So I got Tony Stark, Iron Man, Flo and Mario from Super Mario Sunshine, Batman and Alfred and Ash Ketchum. Uh, my last one, I'm going to go with Will Smith, Hancock. Good oh, movie, super underrated. One. Alcoholic, him and Tony Stark again would hit it off. I really centered all these around people that would click. And I think Iron Man is kind of the epicenter of all these people. He'd really click with them on certain ways. So I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go with Hancock. Hancock. I was thinking about that earlier, dude. Uh, well, just a quick recap. I got uh, The Incredibles. We got MacGyver. We got David Freeze. We got Jordan Bennington. And for my last pick, I would have to say Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea he's coming, dude. And he has it all figured out. He actually he's winging it the entire time, and he figures out how to save the day. It's it's great. It's great. Can't can't go wrong with having Jack Black on your team too. I think that uh, that adds <laughs> to it. So one hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mentions. Skidoosh. Ah, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I I had Deadpool uh, on this list, and that was going to be in my top. But so I got I got everybody that I got right now. So I you mean, have no uh, I mean, there's there's Ant Man. You know, I think Ant Man is fucking hilarious as a superhero idea. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ant Man and maybe you know Superman just for the nostalgia classic sense of its sake. What about you? I had the Crow. Shout out to uh, Bruce Lee's son. The Crow is probably a good one. My dark horse and Aquaman. I like Aquaman a lot. Uh, what about? Uma Thurman from Kill Bill. You know, I was thinking that at first. I really was. But then, you know, I was also thinking uh, Jules from Pulp Fiction. I thought that would have been a good one with all the fucking biblical speeches he gives before he murders these people. So really, he's saving their souls, but he's just murdering their bodies. So that's what I was thinking. Borderline superhero is not going to count it. Okay, cool. Well, 
that wraps up the starting five boys. That was a, that was a contentious. I think for the superheroes, you know, we're, there, there's a, there's a small crop to pick from. I think we thought outside the box with it a little bit. I think there was some interesting picks in there. So yeah, man, I think I, I love it. Big, big ups on the starting five. We have Not some all heroes wear capes. Uh, very true. David Freeze being example A and then Jordan Bington too, but Jordan Bington's the, the golden goalie. So you can't stop that. Before we move away from the starting five, I was going to use the rescue heroes. I don't know if you remember them. <laughs> yes, yes. Power Rangers, too, should be an, another honorable mention, then, if we're going to include the, those kind of shows. And the Ninja Turtles, you know. Shout out shout out the Pink Ranger. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. Ninja Turtles. You got all those groups, the superhero groups, definitely 100%. So I'll, I don't want to break the news. We're not going to break. We have big news for everybody. Okay. We can't talk about it yet. It's in the process. We have it coming up, but I think for what we're working with right now, we just want to tease y'all a little bit. We hate to put the bait out there and not be able to give you what you want, but we have some big news coming up in the coming weeks. We're working on some stuff on the back. So stay tuned for that. We got some cool shit coming up. And Quentin, we got some news about Twitter. Yeah, we gained like 500 followers overnight. And it's awesome. We keep growing on all platforms. Go follow us on Facebook, official section 312. Go follow the Twitter, O section 312. And our Instagram, section 312 official. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, section 312. Go follow the YouTube page, section 312, where we post weekly clips of the interviewees who come on and sit in section 312. We got merchandise on the way soon. We've been posting stickers all over cities. It's awesome. It's a fun time. The podcast is just heating up we're just hitting our stride so bear with us section 312 for life we're like the toddler that you know we finally um realized that we can kind of crawl around a little bit now we're starting to put things in our mouths and realize that we can work with it a little bit so 100 percent. thank you so much beautiful people send us some questions or topics if you listen and you like it and you want to hear us talk about some stuff that appeals to y'all and yeah, follow us on social media. With that, man, unless Matt or Quentin has anything, I am ready to wrap this bitch up for the week. Uh, let's go Blues. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, sorry, there's- Chicago, Chicago land people. I'm so sorry. But uh, <laughs> it's our turn for some noise. Hey, man. Fair enough, man. We're, we're not in the playoffs right now. You guys knock it out the park. Go Blues. Stay soon or stay safe out there. We'll see you soon, you beautiful people. See you next week. All right. Thanks, guys.